Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Opposing Points podcast. My guest today is Larry Sharp. I'm honored to speak to him. Um, I've, I've followed him for a few years now uh, since his run in 2018 to be the governor of New York State, and he is running again this year um, against Kathy Hockle and Lee Zeldin, uh, the Democrat and Republican, respectively. Um, Larry and I talk about uh, falling outside of the left and right paradigm, how he would have handled the pandemic, his ideas around reforming and improving the education system, reducing crime, and his vision for New York State. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you enjoy this video. I hope you enjoy it. Larry Sharp, it's an honor, my friend. How Thank are you? you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm doing okay. I'm, re- I'm recovering from the vid. Yes. Oh, my girlfriend has that right now. Yep. Um, my brother's wedding reception is Saturday, so she is last minute missing it, and I am just not being coming in contact with anybody. Yes. I had it. I had it back in December. How how did you do with it? My second time I had it. I had it before I knew it was the vid. I had no idea. I had it back in like February or January of 2020, something like that. And I had it a long time ago. And what that happened was I got uh, horrible fatigue mm. and a little bit of a cough, and that was it. And I haven't had it, or at least if I had it, I didn't know I had it. I, I haven't had any responses for two years, three years, whatever it's been now, two years. Mm-hmm. Then I got it again recently, and I have same thing. I had fatigue for about two days and a little bit of a cough. Um, my fatigue is over, so that's done. I think I'm I'm totally out. I'm I'm clear now. But I still have a little bit of a cough. A little Amazing. Bit of I had it in December, and I just had a. It, I've had worse colds, um, mm. but my friends that are in top shape are getting whatever it is now, and they are com- they were completely taken out for four to yeah. five days. So. No, I, I didn't even stop working. That's <laughs> impressive. I just had extra coffee because I was so tired. <laughs> I'm serious. I just had extra coffee. That was it. Wow, wow. It, it beat my wife up worse than me. Yeah. And again, I've been on a keto lifestyle for 11 years. That might explain it, too. So, you know, the, I just keep going. I survive on caffeine and protein. Yeah, you're not you're not allowed to talk about the other health uh, health aspects that might you know improve your chances of survival against basically any illness. It's correct. Yes, and also I'm also fueled with anger. That too. So all of those things keep me going. So it's fine. <laughs> all keep me going. Yes, my my uh, my girlfriend always talks about how I'm always so angry, but I you know I I think it's fun. You know, as long as it keeps you going. <laughs> um, so so you're running for for governor of New York. You ran in 2018. Um, how are the polls looking? I think the latest thing I saw had, I, I know you should. I have averaged about 5% total over four polls. Okay. I've and averaged 5% over four polls. I I've saw. had four polls starting, I think, if I remember right, November, I think, uh, something like that. When I first announced yeah. my exploratory was back in November or October. And I think I started polling at about six then. Now I'm around four-ish in that area. So I've been anywhere from like five, 6.1 is the highest and like 3.9 is like been the lowest. And so I'm, I'm averaging around 5% polling total. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I saw one from somewhere that said 35 Hockle, 31 Zeldin and 34% undecided. Yes, it's correct. Yes. Okay. But, but I've actually been in polls when my name is listed. Okay. Okay. Right. And, and when my name is listed, I poll somewhere, but around 5% give or take. And uh, as far as the debates go, are you having any luck getting on the stage 
with uh, who knows I, I hope we will we'll see what happens it depends on 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 um i mean we're not even in past the uh, primaries yet we're too early okay debates won't be until earliest august that's the earliest they'll be but the odds oh. are they won't be till september october okay yeah it's it's uh I'm, i think it's important to uh, talk to you uh not only because i'm one of the people that left new york for actually virginia where we just elected a republican governor um, but I think also my mother will be very happy with the conversation if if you can win and convince me to come back to New York. This is the number one thing that people are not talking about is that people leaving New York. That's a number one issue over everything else, right? If you continue to have New Yorkers leaving, we've already lost a congressperson. You would think this would be a big issue, mm -hmm. but no one talks about it because it's the hardest thing to deal with, right? No one wants to actually solve a problem. What they want to do is yell the other guys bad. So Democrats yell Republicans are evil. Republicans yell Democrats are evil. And nobody winds up solving a problem. The issue is threefold when it comes to our state. Affordability, safety, and opportunity. Mm -hmm. Those are the three things. And you will hear no one talk about that except for me. I'm the one saying those are the three things you have to worry about. The, the, I will judge my first four years if I win this thing by one metric and one only. Did I stop the bleeding? Are New Yorkers no longer leaving in droves? If they are, I'm a bad governor. If they have stopped, I'm not going to get them back yet. I wish I can promise to get you back in four. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Give me four years, I'll stop the, the exodus. Give me four more, I'll get you back. All right, I'll take you. That's the there. issue. Yes, give me four. If I get eight years, I will get you back because the state will become so much better. New York State is a beautiful state. It has everything you could possibly imagine that you would want. Do you want Broadway? Do you want mountain climbing? Do you want skiing? Do you want uh, Madison Square Garden? Do you want, you know, you want um, classical music? Do you want Niagara Falls? Do you want hunting, fishing? Whatever you want, ice skating? Yes, whatever mm -hmm. is your thing, it's in this state. The problem is our government is so oppressive, it literally breaks up families, as it has broken up your family, as you've left your mom, as my mom left me and died in South Carolina many years ago. So yes, the state is so oppressive, it breaks up families. Yep, and, and you're, you're running in a state that seems to be overwhelmingly kind of leaning Democrat recently. It does, three to um, one Democrats, Republican. So how do, you, uh, how do you plan to, I guess, win those votes? And I guess a lot of people like to talk about the Ralph Nader effect where you pull enough votes where the person you, know, you don't want to win wins because you pull votes. How do you... How do you talk to people about why it's Let me deal with both of those. To, okay. Uh, that, that's a detailed question. I'll go with both. Okay. Um, the first piece, I guess the first piece is dealing with the how do I win this thing, right? How do I make impact? Mm -hmm. Touch that piece first. Is it possible for me to win this? It is. Sadly, most of it is not under my control. I have to hope that lightning strikes for me to win, if that makes any sense, Right. I'm going to run a, the best campaign I can, one to win. Last time I ran, I ran a serious campaign. I got all of the extra media I could get. I raised half a million dollars. This time I'll probably raise a million dollars and I'll still keep going and I'll, I'll run a real campaign. That I can do and I will do. What I have to hope is that enough Democrats see how our current governor is just making mistake after mistake after mistake. And if enough Democrats do that, those Democrats will have three options on election day. Option one, stay home. And that actually happens sadly too often in non-presidential elections. Sometimes New York State gets as low as 30% turnout. That's how bad it does. So option one, they say, I don't care about Hochul, she's bad, I'll stay home. 
I hope they don't do that, but that's option one. Option two, they hold their nose and vote for her anyway, because the Democrats, fine, I vote for her anyway. Option three, they vote for me. They're not gonna vote for Republican. In New York state, we're as divided as any other place in the country, if not more, Democrats hate Republicans, Republicans hate Democrats. They're not gonna vote for each other. Mm-hmm. They're either gonna stay home, vote anyway, blue anyway, blue no matter who, or they're gonna vote for me. How do I know that? Because 25% of the people who voted for me last time were registered Democrats. So I do pull Democrats. The, the data is in, the polling shows this, the people who voted for me, it is true. Democrats will vote for Libertarian, mm-hmm. they will not vote for Republican. That's right. a fact. Some people don't want to accept that, but that's true. So if enough of them do that, enough Republicans realize, stop voting Republican in statewide elections in New York State. In local elections, Republicans do win. Statewide, a Republican has not won in my state in 20 years. Nothing. Not Senator, not Governor, Lieutenant Governor, Attorney General, nothing in mm-hmm. 20 years. And the state's getting bluer, not redder. Any Republican who tells you they can win a statewide election, governor, whatever, is either delusional or lying to you, one or the other. It is impossible. So if enough Republicans get that and go, well, if I just vote Republican again, my Republican comes in second again. That's been happening for 20 years. Nothing's changed. Well, for Lauder Sharp, I get some change. If enough of those two people vote for me, I can win this thing with 35% of the vote because it'll be a three-way, three-way election, only 35%. That's, that's doable. Now that's challenging and a lot of it's not up to me. But if that happens, that's my pathway to victory. Michael Larry, all those other Democrats, I don't have to get 35% of New Yorkers. I have to get 35% of people who vote. That's it. Now, in reality, there's about 10 million, give or take, registered voters in New York State. Right. Maybe 50% of those vote. In a bad election, maybe 40, 30% will vote. So if 4 million people vote, I have to get 1.3, 1.4 million votes. Still a lot of votes. Mm-hmm. But compared to 18 million people in New York State, 1.4 million people, that's a lot of people I don't have to get. So I have to get 1.4 million people to come out and vote for me. And that's a victory. Again, challenging. I'm not saying it's easy, but it is possible. But let's say I don't win. Let's say I come in second. First off, if I win, it changes the entire nation overnight. I agree. New York State goes from blue to gold. Oh my God, the entire nation changes overnight. Everything's different. If I come in second, New York State changes overnight. Right now, New York State is a single part democracy. It's only run by Democrats, that's it. And everyone, Democrat or Republican, independent, whatever, you should not like a single party democracy. You should be against that no matter what, because that means the establishment runs everything. And that's how it works in my state. So even if you are a rebel Democrat, you have no voice. None, because they don't have to pen to you, because why bother? So they, the establishment runs everything. What are you going to vote for the Republican? Ha, ha, ha. That's what they do. And they're right. Yep. And I wish that wasn't true. But if I come in second, all of a sudden, New York State becomes a multi-party democracy overnight. Why? Because our rules are currently written to where the top two parties, as um, dictated by the governor's election, run the state uh, when it comes to their elections. So it would mean Democrats and Libertarians run all the elections. Mm-hmm. Well, it's impossible. We don't have enough libertarians to, to do so. So they'll rewrite the rules. And I'm okay with that. But when they rewrite the rules, they must now add all the other parties. We'll become a multi-party democracy overnight. There is actual change, even if I come in second. So voting for me is valuable no matter what. If I come in a tight third, people will have to hear my ideas because I'll be popular, which means now they have to answer questions, real questions that just go, other guy bad. So there is change if I make impact at all. 
So that's the value of me even winning or possibly winning, even coming second or third, it still makes change in the state. If you're happy with New York State, don't vote for me. It's silly. Why would you? If you're happy watching your family and friends leave, if you're happy complaining all the time, if you're happy watching the state continue to fall into a spiral of death, the violence increase, the people who are insecure increase, if you're happy with that because you're doing well, eh, vote for that too. It's, why would you vote for me? I don't know why you're even watching this. But assume that you're not happy with that, the only way to change the vote for me, walk down the other two sides, the wasted vote idea. Mm -hmm. I can't vote for you, large wasted vote. All right, well, if you're a New Yorker and you voted in 2018, and you spent your money, your time, and your energy on the Democrat, what'd you get? Nothing. Nothing. In fact, he's Thank gone. <laughs> yeah. In fact, he's gone. What if you spent your time, money, energy, and vote on the Republican? What'd you get? Nothing. He's gone too. Who cares? He didn't care about you. They never did. He was a mm -hmm. sacrificial lamb. It's like this guy is. But if you spent your time, money, energy, and vote on me, what'd you get? I'm still here. I'm still running. LarrySharp.com is a policy library for New York State. It is, a, it is simply a series of ways to fix the state. You cannot find that anyplace else except on my website. It's extremely comprehensive. Yes. There's, not, there's no other place to find that except on my website. That's what you got. You still have that. I'm still here. I would argue the only way, vote that was not wasted was my vote. You invested in my vote. I'm still here talking, trying to fix things. Other people just walked away from me and ignored you. You threw your money, your time, and your vote in the garbage if you voted for a Republican or Democrat. For me, you didn't. At all. Now go to your last piece, which is, well, then the other guy wins. Okay, great. Maybe you're right. Think about this. The people who didn't like Trump, well, they got Biden. Okay, great. You got Biden. Is that so great? You might go, well, it's not Trump. Okay. If you hate Trump, that's true. What's going to happen in four or eight years? You're going to get Trump or Trump light. Mm -hmm. Now, what if you go, Larry, I love Trump and I'm mad that Biden's in. Because Okay, great. What's, what's going to happen next? You got Biden, maybe get Trump next time. After that, who do you get? AOC? Mm -hmm. All you're doing is delaying your pain. All you're doing, you think you're winning. You're not. You are delaying your pain for four or eight years because you got Biden now, you're going to get Trump. Don't forget this. All you people out there, Democrat, Republican, whatever. Remember something. Bush got us Obama. Obama got us Trump. Trump got us Biden. Who's winning? Nobody. Stop fooling yourself. If we don't make it to where there's a third party, to where these guys have to become better at what they are, it's not going to work. Why do you think? Why do you think Tulsi Gabbard left Democrats? Why do you think Justin Amash left Republicans? Why do you think um, Andrew Yang, who by the way backs me now, has left yeah. Democrats? Why? Because they know it doesn't work. You want better Republicans or better Democrats? You need more Libertarians. I'm not fooling myself. I don't think Libertarians are going to have 51 percent of the of the Congress next week or something. I'm not. No. But if there is a strong libertarian party movement, here's what happens. Democrats are supposed to be about civil liberties. They're not. Yep. They're supposed to be. They don't have to be because all they have to be is not Republican. If there is a strong libertarian party that will pull them to their civil liberties roots, they will have to care about civil liberties or people will vote libertarian. You will have better Democrats if libertarians have any form of strength, 10%, 15%. That's enough in most districts to pull Democrats that way. Republicans are supposed to be about less taxes and small business. They're not, but they're supposed to be. Well, guess what? You got a strong libertarian party. You will move them towards that. You will have better Republicans and better Democrats if you have strong libertarians. So that if the other guy will win, 
great. You just saved yourself four years of pain for the next idiot to come in. Mm-hmm. I don't care what side it is. The only way to have long-term success is to build a third-party movement out. Now, it could, in theory, be forward party also. It could be Andrew Yang's party, in theory. You're, you're uh, running under, he, did he endorse you, or are you going to be he, on like he a He endorsed line? me. I'm a libertarian, but he endorsed me. Okay, got it. Because he understands third party is the only answer. Mm-hmm. He gets it too, right? So even though he's not a libertarian, he will still endorse me. So I, I will be forward and say, it could be a forward party also. I, of course, am completely biased. I would rather it be libertarian party, right? So clearly I'm biased. Mm-hmm. However, my idea could work even if forward becomes that party. Drawing both parties right to a better, to, to act better if there's a third party referee. Mm-hmm. So either way, third party is the answer. It could be forward. I clearly would prefer it to be libertarian party. Did right. I answer your question? I went long. I'm sorry. No, you did. You did. Yeah, I, I, I find it really frustrating because I don't like Trump. He spent like a drunken sailor that was drinking repeatedly like every day. He just spent, spent like crazy. That's no not true because sailors run out of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, he, he did that. He wanted the negative interest rates. Um, he wanted all these things that were not conservative. Um, you know, I, I, like to, I like to say we're, we are we're run by two brands of, of leftists. Just one's more left than the other. No, um, the, but- you remember, there's two things, two things I like. Mm-hmm. The Democrats are the party of tax and spend. The Republicans are the party of debt and spend. That's <laughs> true. That's it. They both spend, yeah. right? And the one thing I'll give Democrats, they are more open. They're more honest on this one. In this case, they're like, yeah, yeah we're going to tax you and take all your money. Yes. That's the one thing I'll give them. They're at least honest about that, right? I mean, my mayor... Uh, before Mayor de Blasio last year, the literally worst mayor New York City has oh, ever had in the history of, of, of New York City. He was open. I'll give me, he was honest. He was like, no, no, no. I'm going to take all your money and I'm going to give it to others. He would literally say that. He was like, yes, I'm all about redistribution of wealth. Yes, I am. So look, I'll give him that. He was honest. That's about the only thing I'll give him, but I'll give him that. So, you know, in, in the position of governor, um, Cuomo and de Blasio I did not like each other. How, the, how, yes. how do you work with, the, with a mayoral candidate that's maybe got some different ideas? There's two things to remember on this one. Remember, I don't hate de Blasio. I hate Cuomo. There's a difference. Let me explain why. De Blasio was actually a true believer. He honestly believes that he's doing right by you. He really thinks that he's smarter than you, man. He really believes it and that he's going to help you. And if you just give him, you know, 90% of your money, then he'll have the socialist utopia he's telling you about. Just three more gulags, and then we'll have that socialist utopia. He's a true believer. Cuomo's not. Cuomo is a Cuomoist. Cuomo would be whatever party would get him elected. That's all he cares about. He'd be a Republican. He'd be a libertarian. He'd be a forwardist. He'd be whatever, as long as he can get elected. He only cared about his own power. And that's why him and de Blasio didn't get along because de Blasio was a true believer and he knew Cuomo was a poser. Mm-hmm. That's why they hated each other. That was the reason because Cuomo's not really a Democrat. I mean, he is because that's the part that will get him power in New York state. But if he was in Oklahoma, he'd be a Republican. He I just wants to be in charge. That's all he cares about. I'm doing what gets me in charge. That's all he cares about. That's why they fought all the time. If that makes any sense. Now, how would Larry Sharp do with this? Mm-hmm. Well, several things. One, If I win this election, I will actually run the state Senate. Why? Because our Senate's pretty close, very similar to the actual United States Senate. 
enough people will turn libertarian for me to own that it with the swing vote. I know this already. They've already told me enough state senators will, will flip and become libertarian. I need about six libertarians to kind of run the, the Senate. They will be the swing vote. So I will control the swing vote and the governor. I will not control the assembly. The assembly is far too much Democrat for me to, Democratic for me to run. I can't. So to, fi to fix that issue, I'm literally going to sell one of the choppers, the helicopters. We have more than one helicopter in New York State. I know it sounds terrible, but the governor has multiple helicopters. I'm going to sell one of them and deck out a bus. And I'm going to run the government through the bus as I travel the state and run the government across the state because I will need to rally the people to get the assembly behind me so I can move things from the assembly to the Senate. Once I get to the Senate, I got that covered. I can move it after that, but I got to get it out of, the, out of the, the, the House. So that would be an issue for me, get out of, out of the assembly. Now, how do I deal with a, with a New York City mayor who wouldn't agree with me? Here's how. The advantage that, that libertarians have is our outcomes are the same. I want the same outcome as the mayor. If we can agree upon the outcome, we can now negotiate on a method to get there, mm -hmm. right? A lot of people will get upset at me when I talk about my policies and go, that's not libertarian enough. Sometimes they're right. That's sometimes a valid criticism. The issue is I live in the least free state as ranked by Cato multiple years in a row. <laughs> I I'm not joking. You there. I could vouch for you there, yeah. Yes, you know this. This is a fact. For me to move anything libertarian is magical. And my point is if I can move my libertarian policies forward in New York State, you can easily move them vote in your state. Your, freight, your state is clearly freer than my state by default, mm -hmm. right? By default, your state, wherever you live outside of New York State, is freer than mine. Even California. Take that, California, number one. <laughs> so, yeah, so even California. So we're the least free state. Yeah. If I can move my policy, if I can move New York State towards libertarianism, you can too. There's no excuse for you. So I begin to move things towards libertarian. Can I make New York State a libertarian state? Probably not. Being very forward. Can I turn it towards freedom? Yes. 100% yes. Absolutely. That I can do. That I promise. That I will do. And if I just turn it towards freedom, imagine what it does to the rest of the nation. Wait a minute. So the, the answer isn't just more lockdowns of everything in the world? No, it's not. What? Blows people's minds. So did I answer your question? I'm sorry, yes, I have a yes. habit of going long. No, so, no, sure. it, it's it, you you answered it. So I was gonna touch on this second, but I might so there's a couple of of things that um I think draw or have been driving recent voting, um, which has been the pandemic, yeah, um, education and mm -hmm. crime. I think yep. the culture war like issues mixed in there as well. And one thing I've I've found is that um I you know, I grew up in a in a very liberal area and People, I, AOC is my congressperson. I, un I understand. Um, I accept your condolences. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. You know, in, in terms of in terms of the you know education system, for example, um, in discussing why something like school choice or um, or basically other options aside from public schools are a good idea, people don't. My my overall takeaway is that people don't understand what a free market is, basically. They don't understand. How would they? When they've never seen one before, and they've never been taught. But they, but they're taught that they've never seen one before. They're taught that they live in one when we live in a crony fascist state. <laughs> Correct. That's what I'm uh, saying. They've never seen one, so why would they know? 
Right. So they, but they don't even, they don't know the, the mechanism. So for example, um, you know, you have, a, I, I, I had a conversation with a friend. He agreed that charter schools made sense in Baltimore, Baltimore is bad, but where I'm from uh, in Long Island, if charter schools come there, they will take away all the money from the public school. But I said, why? The public schools have metrics. They're producing students that go to good colleges. Why would anyone pull their, there's no incentive to pull for a parent to do that because they're getting the results that they want to produce kids that go to good schools. Baltimore is not. The free market will still maybe won't compete with that school in Long Island. I'm, I'm just curious about how you see that issue um, in New York, especially. I don't talk about any of that stuff because once you get caught in that stuff, it's a left-right paradigm. Right. So how do you, how do you look at it? I change the entire system. I don't, I don't believe in the K through 12 system. I believe in a pre-K through 10 system. Right. Yes. Change the entire system. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm not going to fight charter, not charter. Why should a governor be involved in that? I should change. I don't hate the player. I hate the game. Mm-hmm. Right. Bad, bad players get into bad games. So make right. better games. You love better players. Right. So right now as, as governor, you would kind of control the state education department. Right. So how, how do you, how do you shape the school system to, to, um, to several things. Yeah. The, the, uh, I'll talk about the system itself then how to pay for it. Okay. All right. The system, how to pay for it. System itself should be pre-K through 10. Right now it's a K through 12. Officially in New York state, it's actually a one through 12. In New York state, education's a right according to our constitution. Mm-hmm. The state must pay for grades one through 12. It doesn't have to pay through kindergarten or pre-K. That's why there's always other bills that pay for that because our constitution does not require that. It requires one through 12 that we pay for. Now education is a right in New York state. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> People always go, this has got to be a right. Once something is a right, it doesn't make it automatically good. It makes it automatically expensive. That's all it does. So mm-hmm. making something a right doesn't make it better. It makes it expensive. New York State's education is almost always ranked in the bottom half of all the states. And we spend $28,000 per kid, the most in the entire nation. Right. So making it a right just made it expensive. It's still garbage education. And I'll say to anybody, our educational system in New York State is a steaming pile of garbage. And it's not because teachers, teachers are awesome. It's because administrators, mm-hmm. because the system is garbage. Our administrators are garbage. I will tell to their face, they suck. They're garbage. And if you're an administrator in New York state, you probably should not vote for me because the odds are a bunch of you and your cronies are getting fired. That's all I'm saying. You probably mm-hmm. should. If you're a teacher and you don't vote for me, you have a mental problem called Stockholm syndrome. Yep. You definitely should be voting for me if you're a teacher because I'm all about letting teachers teach. So anyway, first thing, pre-K through 10. What does that mean? That means now kids go to school from pre-K until 10th grade. Mm-hmm. And along that time, we remove all standardized testing that comes from the national government. None. Why? Standardized testing does not help any kid. There's nothing. It's no, it's no indication of success. It just means you're not a good test taker. In fact, it hurts kids. Yep. It puts extra pressure on kids when they're 10, 11, 12 years old. And if your kid happens to be a bad test taker, now they are labeled the bad kid or the dumb kid. So they're labeled. They're now labeled at 10, 11, 12 years old. Wow, how cruel are we? Leave the kids alone and go to school and learn until 10th grade. Just learn. Standardized testing can be back in play in high school, but those tests shouldn't be whether you're smart or not. They should be aptitude tests. What are you good at? What do you like? What do you prefer? Maybe what should your career be? Those type of tests are wonderful. Do those. But now you're not testing kids. How do you know? I didn't say don't test kids, you people who said that, you people who just jump through stupid hoops and go, Larry wants all the kids to be stupid. No, I don't. Stop saying that. What I'm saying is let local schools 
test their kids to move forward in grades. But Larry, they get left behind. They'll do dumb stuff. First off, that's completely garbage. Right now, our kids can't read. We're standardized testing. So please stop acting like this horrible, you, you, this horrible dystopian world is now. If you live in Rochester and you're a black male, the odds of you graduating high school are less than 20%. Dystopia is now. Mm -hmm. It's not what Larry's going to put in. It's today. The kids who are killing everybody, they're 18 years old. Dystopia is today. It's not some future. It's now. Stop fooling yourself. Our system is garbage. So get rid of that. Let our kids go to 10th grade. At 10th grade, they take a test. You pass your test, there's your high school diploma. That's it. You're now graduate high school. But Larry, what about a Regents diploma? Regents diploma in New York State is 100% useless. <laughs> yes. Utterly useless. Insanely stupid. No value whatsoever. Garbage. Nobody cares. Stop pretending anyone cares. Nobody does. It's garbage. Get rid of it. No one looks up and goes, oh my God, you got a Regents diploma? You're hired. Never happened ever in the history of the world. Garbage. Get rid of that garbage. Totally. Get rid of the Board of Regents. They are an embarrassment. It should go away. So now at 10th grade, you get you, you pass your test, you get it. Whether you went to private school, public school, whatever, I don't care. Whatever, you go through that. Mm -hmm. Now at that point, I followed a model the Marine Corps followed when I, when I got in Marine Corps. When I got in Marine Corps, they gave me the GI Bill. I forgot how much money they gave me. I think it was $50,000, I think. Whatever that amount was. X dollars and 10 years to use it. Good luck. That's what it gave me. We're going to give all of our kids at 16 years old $20,000 and five years to use it. Good luck. This was going to happen. I guarantee you. A bunch of two-year schools that aren't already existing are going to pop up, and some that do exist are going to become, begin to specialize. Now you're 16. You have several options. Option one, go to a two-year trade school. Go to trade school. Right, whatever it is. Go to, go to trade school, and depending mm -hmm. upon what you study, at 18 now, you're either ready to go to work or you're ready to start your apprenticeship, depending upon what trade you do. Awesome. The state needs tradesmen like this. No tomorrow. The average tradesman in New York State is 50. That is a terrible average. The average should be 35. It's about 50. That's a mm -hmm. terrible average. What does that mean? We require so much foreign labor. Why do you think we're bringing foreign labor into New York State? Because I don't have tradesmen is why. Yeah, yep. Yeah. That's the reason. Stuff's got to get built. Stuff's got to get fixed. Well, teach our kids to do so. But you can't do that now. <laughs> why? Any high school, what do what all, um, all the guidance counselors say? Don't go to BOCES. Don't go to trade school. That's for the dumb kids. That's for the bad kids. You got to go to college. Don't do that. Why do they do that? Because of federal money. Federal money and state money and grants go to schools that have high college placement. It doesn't matter if the kids need it or not. It's irrelevant. So they get paid by pushing you into college. So why would they not do that? That's the incentive that needs to go away. Blatter, you said we're going to have no federal funds. Correct. I will end federal funds in New York State. We will lose about $6 billion, give or take, in federal funds. A little bit more depending on where we are. But, but hold that number, if you would. Mm -hmm. That's going to go away. All right, no worries. So that part goes away. We'll, we will lose that because we won't be doing standardized testing and we won't be letting them know how much money and how many kids are going into college. So we're going to lose federal funds. That's how the federal government will punish us for not following their rules. We'll take mm -hmm. the money away. No worries. Yep. I'll come up funding in a second. But now I can go to trade school too. I can go to a prep school. If you've been to high school recently, you know this. The last year or two of high school is a joke. It's, it's study hall. It's video games. It's smoking weed. It was uh, 10 years of the 10 years ago for me, I think. Uh, you probably still remember it. it was maybe a joke. 11. I, I think I had three or four classes after Thank my you. were done. It was a joke. <laughs> exactly. 
So what does that mean? That means you're screwing off for that year or maybe two. So now when you get into college, you're not ready for college. The average college first year is 13th grade because the kids aren't ready. That's a fact. I'm not making this up. Ask anyone who goes to college. Mm -hmm. The average kid to graduate college now, six years to graduate college. The average six years. Yeah. If you're a male, you're probably not going to graduate. Only, only women are graduating now. The males are getting their butt kicked in college now, right? Yeah. They're not ready for it at all. Why? Because most of them should be in the trades is why. They shouldn't be in college. They should be in the trades. They want to build things, make things, fix things. What is wrong with that? But we, instead, we push them into college. They get horrible debt. And now they're working as baristas with horrible debt. Because we tell them it's the right thing. We've been mm -hmm. lying to our kids for years. This is not the right way of doing things. And I got a kid who's 24 years old. He's got $100,000 in debt. And he's working as a barista. Yeah. The kid who went to trade school at 24, he's making at least 75K a year, if not more, and has no debt. Who's the dummy? Who's the dumb kid? Not the trade school kid. That's the smart kid. Yeah. Well, and like ar architecture, you know, you need a degree for it. But why? Why can't you just go learn from someone who's doing it? Or just stop building things and get your degree at night whenever you want to. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Right? Go get your degree whenever you need to, when you want to. Maybe you don't want to be an architect at 19, but you don't be an architect until you're 26 because you learn how to build things when you're 19, 20, 21. And I go, you know what? Architect is interesting. Go to school then. What do I care? I want to create an environment where you can be happy so you'll stay in New York State. But I'm not done. <clears throat> you're a super smart kid. You want to go to school. Awesome. Go to a two-year prep school so that now when you go to college, you're ready for college. Now you graduate from college in three years, not six less debt, you're out working faster. Win, win, win. Mm -hmm. You're the super smart kid. You're going to become a doctor or an engineer. Awesome. Get your associate's degree. Then you go to college with two years under your wallet and in your, in your back pocket already. You can get out your doctorate a whole lot faster. Go. I want to excel, accelerate your success. We are actually retarding their success. We're slowing them down. Or if you're 16, go get a job. Go to work. Mm -hmm. Learn a work ethic. Learn that when your boss says show up at nine, she means 845, not 1030. Learn that at 16. But Larry, oh my God, 16-year-old kids to make mistakes. Yeah, yes, they will. But maybe they'll stop making decisions about their life and stop being children until they're 30. Maybe yes. they'll stop making decisions about their life now at 16. And when they screw up, they're still 16. The price for failure at 16 is nothing compared to the price for you at 26. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of fellow people my age that, you know, you're still, we're, we're working, but it's like, what do we want to do? Thank you. So you've never had to. You've been told to keep going to school. Yeah, that magic no, will come to you. It is a bad idea. It's crushing our kids. Stop it. This is why I'm saying if we change this in New York, it will change the entire nation. There's no hyperbole in that statement. That's mm -hmm. an accurate statement. Now mm -hmm. you might go, wait a minute, Larry. Wait a minute, hold on. How are you going to, $20,000? You tell me that, that kids are going to pay $20,000 for a two-year school? Yes, because it's guaranteed government money. And banks love guaranteed government money. They will give loans for this. They will build out schools for this. It will happen. So what am I actually doing? I'm privatizing two years of school. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing. And that's a good thing. That is let a me positive thing. So now let me ask the next piece. Okay, go ahead. I could. But Larry, what about that $6 billion? Right, yeah. the issue? Right now, we spend $28,000 per kid per year. Mm -hmm. With my plan, the last two years, we only spend $10,000 per kid per year. We save $18,000 per year per kid. There are over 400,000 11th and 12th graders in New York State. 
That's far more than six billion. So we save far more than six billion. So the money is is right there, just not even even we we will save more money. And on top of that, the best part about it is now all those administrators that are required for federal guidelines go away. Mm-hmm. The average administrator in New York State will make anywhere from one hundred fifty to two hundred two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. The superintendents make oof, three four hundred thousand dollars a year. Correct. And then sometimes they double dip. The average teacher between fifty and eighty. Yeah. So now you fire two or three administrators. I can either give teachers raises. I won't. The, the local districts will give them raises or hire more teachers or get more goodies or buy more computers or whatever is the thing they need. They will literally have a budget surplus. Mm-hmm. Now, so that part is covered. Now, the most important piece, how do you actually pay for this thing? Well, right now it's school tax and, and other things and, and that should go away. New York State has to create what's called the NIST, the N-Y-S-S-T, the New York State Social Trust, similar to what uh, Singapore does, Norway does it, other countries do it. We should create it too. Over the next four years, <clears throat> excuse me, next four years with our NIST, we can create a situation to where within two years, we can pay for all school tax. If we pay for school tax that comes off the top, that will cut about 50% off of almost every New Yorker's property tax bill. Property tax cut in half, whoa, now rent stabilize, which means now the youth can stay. Not just that the elderly people and retirees in my, in my state already own their home, their expenses got cut down. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll stay and stop moving to Florida and, te- and Texas. Maybe they'll stay. That'd be nice. <laughs> okay. But more importantly, we will now pay for schooling directly from the NIST. Yep. $18,000 per student in the district. Not living in the district, signed in the district. Every student signs in a district, you get $18,000. Every student within that district, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> who's under that district, can, if they want to, get a $6,000 credit to either go to private school or homeschool. Up to them. Now, why only $6,000? Because the infrastructure in the district is still usable by every student, regardless whether they're homeschooled or whether they're private schooled. So you can mm-hmm. still be homeschooled, but say, still join the math club or still be homeschooled, but still be in a football team or whatever is the thing you want. The facilities are still there for your district. But if you want extra cash to go do something else, you get a credit for that. Think about that. What did I just do? I just allowed individual local districts to reorganize as they see fit. I've allowed individual local districts to not have to spend all their money. The current system right now, you have to spend your money or you lose it. It encourages people to be corrupt, so they're corrupt. Right? That's the game. Instead, mm-hmm. keep your money. Save it for when you need it. Fire and hire people. Actually run a budget. Learn how things work. What's wrong with that? If you want to have civics in your class, you can. If you want to have agriculture in your class, you can. Why? There's no more standardized testing. You don't get teaching you the test anymore. You, give, you, te- you teach to whatever the kids' parents want, which is how schooling is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. That's how that works. Yep. So you don't like your school? Change it. You have power. There's no more strings from the state. There's no more state mandates. Right now, if you get if you become part of your school board, doesn't matter. The state mandates everything. State won't mandate anymore. Right. Become part of your school district and change your school district however you want it. You have a school district that you don't like. Send you to a different school district. I don't care what district you're saying your kid to. Send them wherever you want. Right. Right now, it's property. Ta- is it property tax based? Correct. Or- yes. Now, whatever. I don't care. Send your kid wherever you want. I don't care. Do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But Larry, I want to homeschool. Then homeschool. You got a credit. I'm going to private school. You have credit. 
by default, each school will have to be better schooling to get the right cash because you get cash depending on school districts. So districts will have to compete against each other. That, the one that next to each other, obviously. Right, or right. if they're hardcore, doing enough money, they'll stop busing kids into those old school districts. I don't have to worry about that. They're getting cash for it. Pick up a school, get a bus system if you want to. I don't mind. Do your own mm-hmm. thing. Right. Changes everything. It makes for better schools. Here's the biggest issue right now when it comes to school shootings. All the school shootings are young kids in the last two years. I'm solving that equation. Those kids will not be in school who don't want to be in school. And imagine all the bullying and problems. They go away because the Star Wars kids aren't in the school with the jocks anymore. Because there's a Star Wars school and there's a jock school. Mm-hmm. And the jocks went to that school and the Star Wars kids went to that school. And some kids are just out there working. And some kids are starting businesses. And some kids are in prep schools. And some kids are in college. Right. So the geekiest of the geek kids are all in college. You're giving kids purpose. You're having, imagine if you're a teacher in 11th, 12th grade. Every kid in your school wants to be there changes the entire dynamic. I have happier teachers, happier students, happier parents, less bullying, less violence, better outcome, cheaper. It solves so many problems by revamping the school system, which is why I don't talk about vouchers, which is a dead, silly thing to even have a conversation about. School choice just turns people off. It is a, I don't need to go down that road. There's no left-right paradigm in my world. That just ruins things. Here's a new system. Stop complaining. So do, do taxes still pay for the schools? No, the the, 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 the the trust does. Okay, okay. Trust pays for it. Okay. Um, my, my other now, why the trust works, to be clear, okay. the trust also solves multiple problems. Okay. Right now, because of how our, our horrible Fed system has worked, permanent and private capital is struggling to find places to put money mm-hmm. that will give them solid re- returns. Safe, solid returns. Sh- struggling. So we create the NIST. The NIST is basically a trust backed by New York State, knowing that as long as New York State produces revenue, you will get a dividend return. It is not debt. You are buying into it to get a dividend return. Right? That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Because the money is being spent specifically on New York State issues for taxpayers, it becomes a tax haven. So I'm giving permanent capital a tax haven to put tons of money in, get a dividend return every single year. Mm-hmm. That is very attractive to permanent capital. So they will put money into it. How do I know that? They're doing it now all over the world. I'm giving them another option to put money into. If I have more of them putting money in there, maybe they'll stop buying up all the damn real estate. <laughs> right now, permanent capital is buying up real estate. Why? It's a, basically a guaranteed return. Mm-hmm. They know that. They want guaranteed returns. Well, I can't make it illegal. They write all the laws. So I can't make it illegal because all their people write the laws and just make sure they get around it anyway. It's what they always do. So I'm giving them another option. They're going to throw tons of money into this trust. They get their return and they're paying for everybody else's education. The left loves this idea because the big business is paying. Yes. And the mm-hmm. right loves it because no taxes. It makes everybody happy. They throw money into it. It pays for this thing. Our tax base goes down. They put in extra money. We pay for education. And it keeps pricing housing prices lower because they're not buying property anymore. They're putting the money here instead. Right. And, and uh, something I thought of with regards to, um, you know, there were there were fights about de Blasio was going to try to take away gifted and talented programs. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about how you what you were saying about people not understanding their purpose until like later, basically never. Um, you know, you can kind of have these schools where 
rather than, you know, I never learned how to balance a checkbook, but rather than um, having kids just in these rigid kind of classrooms, maybe they can do a little bit of architecture when they're young and find what they're interested in. Because I feel like a lot of these tech executives that, you know, whatever, your Mark Zuckerbergs, they like somehow found their way into programming outside, you know, that wasn't, you know, if, if you introduce more, more of that uh, gifted and talented stuff in that way, you can probably create more entrepreneurs. In my perfect world, and what I would, what I would put out as a guideline for all school districts, this is what I think should happen. It's not a rule, what should happen. By elementary school, fifth or sixth grade, I would say by sixth grade, every kid should know the basic way of surviving in, in the world. Mm-hmm. They should know their basic reading, writing, math skills. You should be able to just survive in the world in up to sixth grade, right? You should just understand how to do stuff by sixth right. grade. Now, by the time you get to high school, before that middle school, you should be learning things like you talked about. Basic stuff that is exec- exceptional, like how to calculate a credit score. Basic contract law. What's a TOS? We all sign terms of service. None of us know what it is right? Mm -hmm. Basic things like that. What's the difference between renting and buying something? What's a credit card? You should know all of that before you enter high school, Mm -hmm. right? That's what is Now, the the first is basic survival in the world, one through six. Now, maybe six and maybe seven and eight, that's okay. Now, what what are the adults going to deal with, right? How do you deal with the things in the world, right? What what does it mean to be employed versus to be a contractor? Mm Mm-hmm. All of those things. Learn that when you're a teenager. So you start thinking, what do I want to do? What are they? What's an LLC versus an S Corp? I'm very serious. This is what we should all be understanding that we deal with every single day. Understanding what it means to be a citizen in this country. What we deal with as being an adult. And now in high school, start thinking about what I'm going to do with my life. What's my first career going to be? Because I'm going to have multiple careers. What's my first career going to be? That should be high school. You have that, we have a better system. We have, let's learn stuff that means nothing for what you, you, and I don't even know you well, and I will tell you that the vast amount of stuff you learned in high school, you never used again. Yeah, I mean, I always, you never used again. Yeah, I always talk about the, my favorite fact that I never learned in high school, or there's a, there's a few of them, um, but I, my friend, uh, Charles Love in his book, Race Crazy, um, he writes that, uh, there were Native American, the Native Americans on the Trail of Tears brought their slaves with them. Mm, there we that's, go. One, that's one sentence in a textbook. I didn't learn that. I, yep. I, most of the things that I learned are like Tom, from guys like Thomas Sowell from, from books I read. That's how everybody learns now. Well, no one reads, but. <laughs> well, they watch videos. Yeah. Yes, that's how everybody learns now. Mm-hmm. My daughter knows more about history from TikTok than she did from school. Yeah. That's how everyone lives. And we should stop fighting that. That's how it's working. Yep. Unless people, if you get people to want to learn, the problem is school is not made for the today's society. Our school system is made for a from an industrial society, yep. right? Where my job is to keep people in a room doing as they're told, because when they get out, they're going to work in a factory. Mm-hmm. Makes total sense, right? I'm making my population go into this world where they're going to be in a factory all day long. Makes sense. Those days are long gone. They've been gone for years, decades, and we're still doing this? How stupid are we? Right? I, I did a, a, a session on, um, uh, I did a, a presentation on the future of work in a couple of colleges. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I do when I'm in this class, I, I, uh, this talk, 
there's usually students and parents. And I say, teacher, I'm sorry, students, it's okay. Just tell me you're in a safe space here. How many of you share all your homework and share your work? All the hands go up. Parents are like, what? Oh my God. Yes, and they're smart because that's how the world works. When you go out to work, you're sharing everything. Yep. No one's doing their work in a box and then giving it to their boss. That, that those days have been over a long that's a time. Negative, negative trait if you do yes, that. Yes, that's a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, your teachers are wrong. Teachers are always in the room. And you're wrong. I tell the parents that. They're right. That's how the world's working. Stop pushing them into the old world and wondering why they can't survive in this new world. Let them be in the new world. That's how it works. And that's, I'm the only governor saying this mm-hmm. because I'm out here seeing it. I'm watching it. Everyone else running has been, been in government for their entire life and has no idea how things work. 100%. Um, so the whole system has to change. That's why I went long. I apologize, as yeah. I always do. But that's <laughs> what you have to do. I want, I want to uh, quickly move to, to, to two topics in the next little bit. But uh, I want to touch a little bit on the pandemic response because mm-hmm. that was obviously a big thing that people left over. Um, uh, and you know, rents came down, but now they're kind of up higher than they were before. But um, I want to understand, like, what were you thinking at the time that this this sort of thing happened? Uh, I knew this would be a problem. And I knew that I would be right. And that's going to sound uh, a little bit, I know, boastful, but I don't care. Um, I literally did, I think, five or six videos. If anyone cares, you can go to Larry Sharp. You can go to Larry Sharp YouTube page. It's a separate playlist that says COVID response. I did six videos in March of 2020. Mm-hmm explain exactly how to solve all these problems. So I have the receipts. <laughs> You've right? been right about a lot because I listened to you on Joe Rogan. Absolutely. I've been right about a whole lot, right? And I will write, I would, this is how you solve these problems. And I, by the way, warned, which is why I'm so upset about this. I warned that you will see a bunch of 18 roach uh, commit killing people. I said that. Because you're going to take kids who are already in trouble lock them away for two years and give them no hope. Oh yeah. They, they are going to dis- remember something. All the mass shootings, the vast majority of them are public suicides. Yeah. While they're murders, they're also public suicides. Not only that, but we just isolated a whole bunch more of kids as they're developing. And then with the masking them, I, f- I fear that that will get worse too. Yes. We, we, we've looked, this is a self-inflicted wound and nobody wants to hear it. The right goes more cops. The left goes less guns. They're both wrong. They're both wrong. The answer is happier kids. Mm-hmm. That's the right answer. No law is going to stop suicide. No cop is going to stop suicide. This is, at its core, public suicide. You cannot stop someone who wants to destroy themselves. Mm-hmm. It is impossible. You just cannot. What you can do is make a world to where they don't want to destroy themselves. But again, that's the hard work, making, changing a system, making kids happier. No one wants to talk about that. It's more, gu- it's less guns or more cops. And they're both wrong. These at their core are public suicide. Even the guy who didn't kill himself, he tried to kill him. The guy in Buffalo, put the, he put the rifle to his, to his chin, but the cops stopped him. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not mad at the cops for that. The cops should have done that. The cops didn't know, was this some bigger plan? They want to investigate, see if he was part of some cabal or something. So cops did what they were supposed to do. I get it. But he wanted to kill himself. That was his entire goal. You cannot stop that. So number one, this, this is exacerbated by our terrible idea of locking everybody down. I gave the entire rules not to do the, do, deal with this up front. 
Now, I wasn't 100% right because I didn't know everything yet, right? I did it early when I knew only the most basic stuff. Right, so virus comes out and then the response is, everyone's two weeks to slow the spread. What are you thinking at that point? So at that point, what I said was the first thing I do is I use government for what I think most Americans would accept government to be, which is a central repository for information. So I say, all right, here's the New York State government you know, website, whatever. Here is what the CDC and government thinks is right. Here's what we believe is the right thing to do for, say, your home and or your office or your business, whatever. Here is what it is. In addition to that, here is what other people believe. Maybe that, uh, that great Barrington thing they did, right? Here's what these people think, yeah. right? And also another private. There's Right now, there's one which I would have I pushed immediately, but it came out a bit later called the Well Health Safety Seal. It's a private group of people who said, this is what they believe is the right thing to do. I would post all three of them. The more you post, the more people trust. The more you hide, the less they trust. I would like you to trust me as a governor. I would like that, right? So I'm going to be as transparent as I can possibly be to try to encourage as much trust as I possibly can. So I'm going to give all of them. Then I said to my inspectors, not to punish, which is what we did. We went out and punished. You didn't do what we said? Lock you down. Uh, we're going to take your liquor license away. We're going to fine you. I don't do that. I send you out some of my inspectors. If you're doing what the government says, you get a government stamp. And who decides whether or not you're valuable or not? Your community, your customers. Right. They decide. If you don't want to follow government standards and your community doesn't agree, then they wind up shutting you down by default. I'm okay with that. That's your customers. That's your community. You fix that. That's not on me. I'm not the governor. I'm not the governor to do that. I'm the governor. So I give you ideas, right? Now, here's the best part. Since I'm not forcing you, as we find out what works and doesn't work, I then can change because I'm not forcing you. Mm-hmm. But once I force you, I got to double down on everything I've done. I have to. But if I don't force you, hey, you know what? These things don't really work. Here's what does work. These certain masks aren't effective. These are. In this situation, masks don't work. In this situation, it does. Right? And I put it down. Here's what we believe now. Here's what we think about the vaccines. Here's what we don't think about them. Get it out right now. Mm-hmm. Here it is. And you do what you think is appropriate in your world. And then we could shift and move as we walk down. All I require is transparency. What does that mean? If you don't follow government rules, you better not put a government sticker on your, on your, um, on your, just on your storefront. You do that, that's fraud. That's a crime. You don't have to follow government rules. You can stay open. But mm-hmm. if you say you're following those rules, you better follow them or don't. Right. If you're following the well health safety seal, you better follow them or don't. But if you're following them and you're not, if you're saying you're following them, you're not, that's fraud. You can't, you can't defraud your pop, the populace, population. You can't do that. That's a crime. Follow the rules you think so. Oh, none of them. Say, I follow none of them. That were you. Okay. And then let the population decide whether they want to trust you or not. Here's what would have happened. Within three months, we would know. Hey, I go to Joey's store. They're all getting sick. I go to Phil's store. Nobody's getting sick. Phil's right. We would know within three months what's working. And the next thing is certain areas are different, right? New York is very diverse. Yeah. Brooklyn has 2.3 million people. Hamilton County has 4,500. Right. So what works in Hamilton County may not work in Brooklyn. And reverse. Our smallest county is Manhattan. Our largest county physically is Manhattan. Our largest is St. Lawrence. Mm-hmm. What works in St. Lawrence may not work in Manhattan. Absolutely. Right? So let them figure out what works in their own counties, how they want to do their, do their own stuff. They would figure it out. But I'm still not done. Now, that's the part from overall. Now, specifically, number one, 
um, immediately rescind all Department of Building regulations on people sleeping in, in, in public um, areas inside. What does that mean? Well, what if you're a VFW or a Knights of Columbus or, um, or any of those other local civic groups? You're one of those. You can, your public area right now, you can't sleep in. Change it. You want to sleep, let them sleep there. Why? Because now let's say you're a healthy young guy and you want to work, but you've got an elderly mom or dad at home and you're scared. Okay, sleep in the VFW. Go to work, do your thing, pay your bills, and sleep in the VFW. Don't go home to grandma because grandma might die. She's sick. She's 75 years old and on chemo. Uh, okay, let her go. Don't mess with her. Stay, stay here. Or the reverse, have some of the elderly people come there and sleep at the VFW and have nurses there and have all your systems there to support them as a secondary hospital. Why not? Mm -hmm. The local community do that they want to. Still not done. Second, end all uh, restrictions on distilling. Why? Because this way people could make sanitize, uh, hand sanitizer. And they could sell it. Also rescind all sales tax on it. So you can go sell if you want to. Sell so hand sanitizer. Now we found later that that wasn't very that effective, we, but we didn't know then. Then we thought hand sanitizer was a critical piece. We learned later it wasn't that critical, it was much, much, more, much more airborne. Right. But we didn't know then. Then we thought that might be a thing. Mm -hmm. But why wouldn't I encourage local communities to do this? But no matter what, if local communities are selling, selling hand sanitizer, giving it out, people are thinking about safety and their health. And I want that no matter what. I'm still not done. And I tell my uh, AG, you are not to prosecute anybody for any 3D printing crimes at all if people want to create either masks or if they want to create, um, they want to create um, uh, ventilators, any of those things. Create what you want to create. Make them. Testing, make whatever you want to make. Make them all. R rescind all the rules on those. Let people make them. We remember what happened in the first couple of months. The tests that came from the CDC didn't work. Oh, yeah, I remember. Mm -hmm. They didn't work. Yeah. So now instead, we'd have found that out within two months. We'd have found out what happened because we had a different testing that would have come out. Even that would have been better. We'd have tested earlier, tested faster, figured out what was working faster. Within six months, New York State would have known exactly how to deal with this. My whole point was, I am a Marine. I was taught, I was in the Marine Corps in the 80s, right? There was still a Soviet Union when I was in the Marine Corps. So we were taught, you know, maybe there's going to be a chemical attack, a biological attack. We were taught you have to be able to function in a contaminated environment. The right. war doesn't end because of this. Well, let's find a way of functioning in a contaminated environment. That was my entire plan. Right. Let's find a way to keep moving forward, to keep our society and schools open in a contaminated environment. This isn't the last virus to ever hit us. 100%. Mm -hmm. There's going to be more. And our answer every time, shut the country down every time. If that's true, our enemies don't have to make nuclear weapons. Makes no sense. Why would they? They're dangerous. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Make a biological weapon. Vaccinate your population. Let it go in our world and we'll destroy ourselves. What are we doing yeah. it? What are we doing it? Well, it's funny because in New York, I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of people demanded their freedom freedoms and others freedoms be taken away in a lot of 100%. areas um and and how about um with regards to uh vaccine mandates and this is my last question on the pandemic hopefully mm -hmm. we can finish up on crime but um as far as vaccine mandates we already have existing mandates for other vaccines how do you look at at these mandates uh with with, with regard to uh the covid vaccine well the the mandates that we have are generally for public schools Mm -hmm. Right. And I, and I get that, right. The demands that we've had for public schools. I'm not necessarily against those to be forward with you. They already exist. They're fine. It's fine. As long as you support private schools and support homeschooling, I don't mind because it becomes, it's not a monopoly at that point. And with, if it's a monopoly, it's a problem. 
But as long as you have a system which my system supports homeschooling and private schooling, I'm fine with that. I don't mind that public school mandate. It's fine. You don't like it. I'm, I'm giving you another option. Go take it. I'm fine with that, right? So I don't have a problem with that. Right. When it comes to you can't survive in the world, you can't live your life unless you take a drug, that's a problem. That you, for me to buy that, I would have to accept one or two things. Either some crystal clear line that I could believe, which at the moment I can't, that it won't go past this line. Maybe if that were to exist, I can't imagine that, but in theory, maybe I'd be okay if that were to happen. I think I'm, I'm, I'm stretching to try to be good, I guess, but right. I can't imagine there being a thing, but the slippery slope is so terrible that I don't even wanna, I'd have to really believe that there is some hardcore line that we won't go past. It's a cliff. <laughs> yes, I'd have to believe that. And I don't at all in this case, or I'd have to honestly believe that this is literally the end of humanity. Like it's the end of humanity. If I believe either of those two, maybe, and I'm not even sure then, because once you, once you lose your freedom to be who you are, once you lose your freedom to live your life the way you want to live your life, why are you living? Right? Why are you living? Mm -hmm. And that's important to me. And an example I give all the time is, is my parents. Both of my parents passed away of cancer. My father, when he was younger, my mother, when she was older. And when my father was dying of cancer, he was all about quantity of life. He was like, keep me alive, cut me open, do whatever it takes, keep me alive. He was 41 when he died. So he wanted quality of life, a quantity of life. My mother was the opposite. My mother was already older when she had cancer. She had my granddaughter, my daughter, her granddaughter with her. And she was like, I want to spend time with my granddaughter. She was like, do not do things that will trash my quality of life. If I cannot spend time with my granddaughter, I don't want to live. That was what my mom thought. And my answer, my question always is, who was right? And the answer is both. Mm -hmm. You own your life. And if you feel quantity is more important, okay. Quality is more important, okay. When, <coughs> excuse me, when my, um, when COVID hit, I had two people who I was really afraid for. Two people in my life are older, they're in their eighties and they both have their immune compromised. One severe diabetes and the other chemo because they're from having uh, blood cancer. So this is like for that population over 80 comorbidity, COVID's the plague for them. Mm -hmm. For that population, it's the plague for them. So I was worried. So I asked them, they're both active Christians, practicing Christians, we're part of the Eastern Orthodox um, Church. And I asked them, I said, please don't go to church because I was scared for them. Now, they didn't. However, to be very full with you, and I tell them about this, if they had said, I want to go to church, will you please drive me? I would have. I would have. Mm -hmm. Because it's their life. And if they would have felt that their community and their church, which they find community in church, not everyone does, but they do. If you find community in church and right. you believe that your faith is worth your life, that is your first amendment right. And I respect it. I didn't want them to, because I was afraid they were gonna die and I love them, I don't want them to die. So I was afraid. However, if they had said, no, I wanna go, please drive me. I would have, even if it would have killed them. I would have, right? because I believe in my heart that you own your own life. So by default, I'm against the mandate. I just am. 
Okay. Uh, um, that's a, yeah, that's, it's powerful stuff to think about. I'm not sure other people, other people like to kind of make people's decisions for them, especially when it comes to that, you know, like parents or grandparents are like, I want to see you. No, no. You know, cause the parent, uh, no, no kid wants to be responsible for example, for, for getting a parent sick or anything like that. Of course, but the parents have their own right. They live their own right. life. Now, I know the, the response is, but Larry, how about that? It's the other people's lives. Then get a vaccine, then stay home, then protect yourself. It's what I did for my elderly people. Hmm. I asked them, one of my one of them could not get the vaccine. The doctor said they got the vaccine, it might kill them. So hmm. one of them was the best, but they couldn't get the vaccine. One could, one got, I forgot which one was which, I should know that. But I forgot, one of them did, one of them didn't. So get the vaccine or stay home or do what's required to save your loved one. We should do that. I did it too, but I'm not gonna destroy everyone else's life because of it. Yep. Um- Move, moving on to, to, to crime, um, one of the factors I think that spurred a lot of people um, also to leave during the pandemic, it, it spiked very heavily. Um, still is. Yep, it's still spiking. Um, yep. You know, with the, with the subway shooting, um, I think there was a, a random stabbing yesterday of a 16-year-old yep. girl in the back. Yep. Um, lots of hate crimes um, against Asian folks. Um, how, uh, and, you know, some people like to point to the, the, the these um, reform laws or non-prosecution by the district attorney. Overall, like what would be your plan to- uh, there, are, there are three issues that are, that are dealing with this, right? Okay. Bail reform is an issue, but not the number one issue, but it is an issue. And I mean, to cover bail reform too. But the number one issue on crime, there are three. Bail reform is one. Um, addiction slash mental illness is two. But the biggest one is the black market. We locked everything down. This goes back to my first issue with the lockdowns. The lockdowns are the cause for most of our violence. I'm not joking. That's the most reason why. What happened? We told a bunch of young men in a crowded city and crowded cities across the country, hey, you may not go to work. You may not go to school. Stay home. Do nothing. And here's a check. And if you go to work and tell us, we'll take a check away. So great. Then we said, since no one's going to work, that means there's nothing getting delivered. The supply chain shot. So now all goods are more expensive. Well, all goods are more expensive. And there's a bunch of young men laying around. The black market said, thank you. Oh my God. You gave me the perfect environment. I can make tons of money. And you recruited my workforce for me. Thank you so much. <laughs> and gang violence exploded. Yep. We literally did that ourselves. Why in the world would someone be shot in the middle of a street? Now it's happening all across New York City and across other cities also. Why? Here's the reason. When you're in a black market, you can't call the cops. You can't right. enforce your contracts. You can't enforce your agreements. You can't enforce anything without violence. By default, there's violence. And you want your violence to be public because you might want to know this. So now you decide you're going to be on my territory. Oh, no, no, no. I have to shoot your people and I must shoot them publicly so that you know, stay off my turf. Yeah, there was that I, young girl walking with her father during the broad daylight. Just yep. horrible to watch. Yes, that has to happen because how else can I? So we made this. This is a self-inflicted wound. You look throughout history. Whenever there are massive increases in violence, it's always because of gang violence, which is the black market by default. So we made a huge black market. And then we said, I wonder what is crime. I don't get it. I understand. The crime violence started in 2020. What else started in 2020? The lockdowns. How stupid are we? So we made the entire thing, but not just that. The second piece, which is mental illness slash addiction. What could people who are mentally ill and people who are addicted not get for the past two years? 
Help. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with us? How stupid are we? You're addicted. You can't get your drug. Your drug's too expensive. What do you want to get? The cheapest drug. What's the cheapest drug? Fentanyl. Mm-hmm. Duh. Why is fentanyl so popular? It's the cheapest, easiest drug to get in. That's why. They're addicts. They would take whatever opioid they can get. The one they can get is the one we can let through because we locked everything else down. Fentanyl. Of course, mental health, people can't get help. So what are they doing? They're out in the streets, seeing gang violence, seeing drug addiction, mental health. They're all beating people up. Why is it against Asians? It's not because they hate Asians. It's because they're big people and the image is a small elderly Asian is weak and will not fight back. They are punishing the weak. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. And the image is, ah, a small Asian person, older person is weak, punish them. That's why they're getting beat up. These are mentally ill people. These are addicts that we put on the street that we won't help. Totally done our, ourselves. This is a self-inflicted wound. That's why all these is increase in violence. Mm-hmm. Let and- people get back to work. Give people the help they need. Support people where they are. Give people hope. Let them get out there and work and do the right thing. This will go away. How do I know that? You make it- yes, I know that. Here's my evidence of this. I'm not just talking trash. Mm-hmm. When we ended prohibition, right, which was our biggest ever era of black market prior to now, the biggest era of black market in, in American history was prohibition. It was the alcohol black market, right? Back in the day. The second we ended it, violence went down. Cop death went down. Cop, cops deaths shot up during prohibition. Mm-hmm. Cop deaths are shot up now. Why? It's a form of prohibition. Yep. It's the same thing. Being a cop in New York City prior to 2020, was a very tough job. It still has always been, but it wasn't a dangerous job. Prior to 2020, New York City cops rarely got killed. It was not. A, it was a very difficult job, but hardly dangerous. Mm-hmm. Now, it's dangerous. You get killed being a cop in New York City now. So I, I hope I covered crime. Yes, yes, you did. Um, See, so it's this is one of the things, and and why I find find not only being a libertarian, but being someone who uh, steps outside the paradigm is so important. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of times if I criticize, uh, you know, double standards of coverage of Biden, people will like, well, Trump and false equivalency, mm-hmm. or, or if I criticize Trump, then, well, then you're, you're a Democrat. Like that's, that's a, that's a typical thing. And, and what I, don't I criticize either. Yes. Well, I criticize, I criticize both um, because I believe that libertarian ideas on by and large are better. Um, yeah, but the but, problem is once you criticize either, you alienate the other. Right. So that's why I, that's why I don't criticize either of them. Right. So, you know, I view your strength as a libertarian candidate being you're willing to look at the good ideas from both sides. Yes. Um, so, for example, with, with what you're saying about about crime, um, that's a, that's a very that seems to be a very right wing or Republican issue. But some of the things you might say about, you know, with with kindness and how we treat other people is a more liberal issue, but you can yep. approach it from a limited government perspective because yep. a liberal would solve it with more government. Well, I'll give you another answer, right? One, one of the answers, there are many answers to this, but here's one piece of it. I call it the carrying caboose. The carrying caboose is the idea that every other train, the, the last car and train is a specific uh, caboose. It's the last a specific car made for people who have mental or addiction issues. In that car is security, not a cop because many homeless people are afraid of cops. So it's private security. And people can go there to sleep, um, get some treatment. You put a couple of social workers in there. It's a safe place for them to go. 
People say, well, why should it be going to shelters? Shelters don't work. They're a disaster because they're, they're a bureaucracy that most people who have mental illness can't even fathom. That's a whole separate question. I can fix that too. But this is one piece of it. Well, you don't want people go going to the subways. They're already going there. That's where they're going. And right now they're literally pushing people onto the subways, hitting them over there with hammers, smashing them with feces. That's literally happening right now. Mm-hmm. Have a place for the cops to put them. That's a caring solution. Now, what do we do? Well, that's taxpayer money. No, it is sponsored by people like Big Pharma, right? Companies trying to make their image nice. It could even be part of a payment for settlements for people who do bad things. Part of that community service could be sponsoring the, the, the caring caboose. So now what happens? The left is happy because we're helping out the homeless in the attics. And the right is happy because there's no extra taxes. And the cops aren't being used for it. So life is good. Yeah, that's why I like that's why I like your platform because you're not even saying that these are the must-have ideas, but you're no. also not sticking to the oh, this is the right-wing thing to do, this is the left-wing thing to do. And at least, you know, if you're if if you're having these conversations, they're ideas that people can yes. like, you know, even even you and I just sitting in a room talking about um, education, we get on the topic of of, you know, talent and gifted programs. We get to, oh, maybe we provide these things to kids. People just sitting in a room conversing with ideas rather than sitting as the enemy in a, in a culture war um, can get a lot done. My last question to you is if you had to say like what your your top three or maybe four uh, briefly kind of things that you think would most contribute to saving New York, what would they be? Good question. Um. I think my education plan combined with my New York State Trust. Because the New York State Trust allows for people, allows for everything to be more affordable. And that's the biggest piece in New York State, keep people here. Mm-hmm. The education plan allows for the children and then by default the adults to be safer and then provides more opportunity, which is my three pieces that I want. Affordability, safety, and opportunity. So I think those two combined are the key. Okay. Um, and uh, so where can people uh, follow you and support and donate? Um, LarrySharp.com is everything. Oh, just Google Larry Sharp I'm everywhere. I was on Rogan. I was on Glenn Beck. I was on Tim Pool. I was on all the things. Just Google Larry Sharp with the cool person you think is cool. I was probably on their show. Um, Left Wing Shows, I was on Vosh, Destiny, Dylan Burns. So whatever you might think, just Larry Sharp plus it or just Larry Sharp or LarrySharp.com. I'm on all the things, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Twitter, all YouTube, Larry Sharp. And that's sharp with an E and the E stands for electable. <laughs> Larry, you're uh, one of the few people on the national stage or even the state stage that are, you know, I agree with mostly completely. So I, I really appreciate it. And I, I hope you win. And uh, so does my mother. Excellent. Uh, she will hope you win as well. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining. Righty. Thank you.